Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. So you went back to the original roll call. <laughs> That's right. Like, last time was like, sometimes here. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's just habit, I mean, man. I'm not you know. sure I really feel about it yet, but it's just habit. <laughs> it's right. Well, I know you're a creature habit, exactly. <laughs> That's so right. I am. If you ever hear my I'll videos, I say it. the same thing every time yeah. I like to start them off with. I just uh, am neurotic like that, I guess. But, man, what's up with you? Man, good. I'm recovering from a sinus infection like um, Wednesday, man. It really hit me all of a sudden and ears hurt, you know, throat, all stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, kind of complaining about it right now. You but got I'm that better. radio voice going now, that sinus so stuff, I can talk <laughs> a little deeper if you Get want that to. deep rumble. That's right. <laughs> well, man, it's good to see you. I know uh, I haven't seen much of you lately. You've been busy. I've been busy and yeah. just kind of running through stuff. I know you got the mother-in-law at the house now and True. things like that going on. I had our work weekend. I had to go down to Jackson for a oh, yeah, physician's right. conference. Yeah. So, But it was good people down there, as always, man. They're very hospitable warm people so, sure yeah. oh yeah i didn't i didn't really see anybody much this weekend I, except i went fishing with our friend josh uh yesterday I went to church saturday night we mm-hmm. went uh sunday because of the, of the weather but uh you know i spent a lot of time with my family this weekend and that's something i want to talk about here in a few minutes i want to you know first of all say again thank you to covenant eyes they've been sponsoring us for a while now on the narrow road and the show guys if you don't know what covenant eyes is it's software that you can uh put on your computer your devices that will help you block things from the internet, specifically pornography, but a lot of other images and things like that. A lot of times we think about pornography as just the videos and the all that stuff, but a lot of times, you know, things that can get to men too are lingerie pictures and things like that. So it analyzes your screen and looks and blocks things that uh, you shouldn't be looking at. And this works not only for men and, you know, for adults, but also for young men, right? Our, our children now statistics say that from the age of six years old, they're they're seeing these things whether it's on That's some sort tragic. of app or or you know we we're so quick to put phones in people in kids hands today and justify because we want to know where they are but there's a lot of things that come with that and if we're not protecting them from those things then we can wind up you know severe, severely hurting our children mm-hmm. or allowing them to be hurt through um, not taking care of of making sure they're secure from these things right. so you know we've got it in our house we we've got it on the devices there um, I found it helpful when I struggle, you know, or when I have struggled in the past. And I know that when Jacob or, or Allison or Caitlin are off somewhere in the house on their Kindles or whatever, that there's not a chance that they're going to be able to see anything like that, that they're protected. So if you're interested in that, guys, you can you can sign up for Covenant Eyes and get a free trial at start.covenanteyes.com. That's a 30-day free trial. Don't let your sexual sin hold back your growth. With screen accountability from Covenant Eyes will help you live a life of porn a porn free life of integrity and enjoy deep, meaningful relationships with God, your family, and friends. And that's especially important when we're trying to walk this narrow road. And you know, just an update on the narrow road. We're coming out. This is actually the new one is out this month for uh, May, and it is on gratitude. You know, that's a virtue we all need to understand. It's so pivotal mm. in our growth in our spiritual life. Period. If we're not grateful 
to God and for those around us, then we're not going to be very joy-filled either because a lot of that comes from receiving um, these things and being grateful for them, these gifts. So, guys, you can sign up for The Narrow Road at justagayonthepew.com. There'll be a, a pop-up box or a banner across the top, or you can click The, the Narrow Road in the menu, sign up there. Uh, you can become a patron at the $20 level and get The Narrow Road. Or if you're a guy that wants to start a men's group or use these materials in your men's group, you can also get the bulk options there. And guys continue to write in stories all the time and share where they're really finding growth in their spiritual life here. Um, They're paying more attention to the things they're doing and not doing in their life through the opportunities for Grace Chart. You know, they're growing in relationship with God through uh, the the daily readings and actually sitting down and contemplating them and seeing what God is actually saying to them. And then putting the virtue into practice. Like, that's the main thing. We've said it a bunch of times on here. You can wish to be virtuous all you want to, but until you start to to pick virtue and start trying to live it in your life and to grow in that, you're never going to grow in virtue. So this whole thing is to help men find that virtue and walk towards holiness. And again, you can find it at Pew Ministries or at justagotonthepew.com slash narrow road, or you can go to the page there, or you can go to patreon.com slash pew and find it there. For those of you who just want to support the show and what we're doing here in the ministry, I know you know not everything's for everybody, right? So maybe you don't want to join the narrow road or that community of brothers that's in the Facebook group and all those things. Maybe you just want to give because you've been touched by the show or something that we've done in the past. And look, you can do that too. You can go to donorbox.org slash pew ministries. And once you go there, you can choose any sort of amount, one time, you know, monthly, annually. But you can give there if you just want to say, hey, you guys have, have helped me along my way and I, I want to support and not be tied to any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't worry about any of that if you just prefer to do that that way. But anyway, now that we've got all that stuff out of the way, I want to talk like, you know, what we mentioned a minute ago about just I spent a lot of time with my family this weekend. You know, we had a game night Saturday night. Um, we did some other things with the dinner and just spent a lot of time together, you know. So, so the game night. So, are we ultra competitive as usual. No, are you like, no, no. Uh, you sank my battleship. Or no, it was, like, no, it was. It was. I just went and got these games I've never heard of before. They're like meme games where like this. Oh, there's a okay. card that you stick in this thing, and it's yeah. some funny face or an animal doing something, and then there's cards that they pick, and they all have like sayings on them. Like mm. this is the look you get when you blah blah blah, and they have to pick the funniest one. It was it was a different type right. thing. But yeah, we had a good time and, um, you know, did some other things. You know, Allison and I put some music on while I was cooking outside and danced around on the patio. We just had a great time this weekend with my family. And, um, you know, one of the topics that we get in here a lot on the show that people ask about is men really, they write in a lot, you know, talking about how they struggle with their job versus their vocation, right? Just workaholic, uh, never seem to be able to find time for my family. Um, you know, always seemed, we always, as men seem to put our work before our vocation in a lot of ways. And I know, you know, I, I've tried to be cognizant of that, you know, I, back in the day when I was working with Napa before I had this, um, change of heart, you know, where I was following mm-hmm. Christ in a new, a new, in a different way. Um, I really struggled with that, you know, turning it off, putting my phone down in the evening, um, you know, not worrying about work and stressing about, you know, losing customers and business and all of that. I've gotten better about it, but you know, I went for spiritual direction this past Friday for the first time with a spiritual director that I finally, you know, found somebody that I can walk with in that way. I mean, I've got some other people in my life I listen to, but I needed somebody that would really, you know, get, give me the head. business, right? Yeah. right yeah. <laughs> give me, when you're wrong. Not give me free passes <laughs> right. on things and stuff. But I think I found that person. But so we're talking, and he's asking me everything that's going on, and I'm going through well. 
you know, this is going on the podcast and the ministry here just to get on the pew and then virtual Catholic conference this. And then I've got speaking engagements here. And I hired my sister, you know, to help with pew ministries. And we're just going through all that. And apparently the last thing I said a couple of times was mentioning my family. You know, the girls are in softball. They're in gymnastics. Jacob broke his arm. And he, you know, he stopped me and he said, well, first of all, one thing I want to point out is you mentioned all this stuff you have going on in your life. And you mentioned your your family last. And I was like, well, I don't always do that. He's like, well, you did it twice in this conversation. And he's like, I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. a jerk or point things out to you like to make you feel bad. I just want you to be cognizant that I don't know. We just started meeting. So maybe it is only a couple times that you happen to do this. But, you know, we have to realize that our vocation is why we exist. You know, our jobs and everything else are just that jobs. And so, you know, I, I, I was reflecting on that over the weekend and really made sure I freed myself up to spend a lot of time with my family and, you know, more than I normally do. And it just was so enjoyable and pleasurable. And I was more relaxed than I've been in a while. And it just proves the point that like a lot of times when we're living in our vocation, everything seems to flow right. But we as men, you know, we, we if you look at the way we go about our jobs, we want to accomplish things, right? We want, we want to accomplish goals. We want to receive promotions. You know, we want to gain real satisfaction from our work. And most of the time, we're driven to be the best in our profession. You know, when I was a sales guy at Napa, I wanted to be the best sales guy. Right. Yeah, you want competitive in, in right. getting referrals or whatever, sure. sales and stuff. That's what you do with your team. Right. It wasn't right. just like, I want to make a ton of money. Right. It was, I just want to be the best. Like, I want my name at the top of the report. I want a shot at winning these awards. And, and you know, that's the way I think men are in general. If, if you're enjoying your job, you want to be the best at it you can. Um, but oftentimes we succeed in our jobs, but we fail in our vocation. And I can't tell you how many times I've, I've spoken to men's groups and, and older men in particular. You know, they, one of the first things they always say is, man, I wish I was dialed in at your age, you know, that way. Yeah. Because I look back all the time and I think about how many hours I spent at work or how I wanted this car or this house or this boat or this, that. And I worked my tail off to get it. And how many softball games and soccer games and basketball games I missed or opportunities I could have coached my kids or spent more time with them. And I passed it up for, you know, the things the world told me I needed to have as a man. And, you know, guys, I remember one in particular when I was working at Napa, he, t- he asked me about what would I ever be interested in doing some, you know, moving to a manager Corporate, of some yeah, yeah. stuff. And I said, you know, I really just I'm not interested in that. Everyone I've ever worked for talks about. I moved my kids eight times in high school, or I did this, or I did that, or I was always on the road. And and he bowed it, you know, he kind of put his head down and got quiet. He's an older man, still working at 70, I think, at the time. And he said, um, you know what, John, on, on, sometimes on these plane rides, I'm sitting there thinking, trying to remember memories with my daughters, and I just don't have a lot of them. And I think that's the way a lot of us as men, we, we get when, if we're not careful. And we begin to succeed in our jobs, but we fail in our our vocation. Mm-hmm. And what we have to remember is, is really what my spiritual director said to me, is, John, you know, our job is what we do, but our vocation is who we are. And it identifies who we are, and it allows us to be more actively who we are and who God has designed us to be. So, you know, living your vocation well is infinitely more important than any job you'll ever have. You know, you're never going to look back and say, man, I wish I'd spent more time at work. You're always going to say, I wish I'd spent more time with my wife. You know, especially if you're older and, and, and you survived her, right? Or, or I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. You know, nobody's ever going to sit back on their deathbed and go, man, I wish I'd checked, you know, a thousand more emails. Right. 
Well, you know, I'm a literary guy. I mean, sure. like, I love novels. You say a literate guy or a literary guy? I'm a <laughs> literature. I don't know. <laughs> you I said like it right. Re- a I like, guy. Yeah, I like reading like novels and stuff. So sure. what, what you were talking about is is a story that popped in my mind is that, you know, the uh, the Christmas Carol, right? The mm-hmm. famous one by Charles Dickens where yeah. Ebenezer goes back in time and he, he sees like all his, his, how we grew up and then his favorite boss was Fizzywig, right? Yeah. And so it was like how Fizzywig made like his, his job pleasurable and they had fun and they celebrated. But yet when Scrooge got older, he didn't appreciate that anymore. He became what? Very kind of miserly and kind sure. of like, like gave Cratchit a hard time for burning like another piece of coal, you know? And and I think he, he changed because his vocation was to be a kind person, right? Mm-hmm. But it changed because he was he saw his job as more important than being a kind person. Sure. And you know, and a lot of us, I think we struggle with that. We all say we want to work a, like a life work balance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all want that, right? But if the CEO doesn't have that, he doesn't. He won't expect anyone else to have that sure. balance either. So that's where where does it start? You know, I mean, does it start with us or does it start with the company top down? I mean. You know, we're struggling with a capitalism, you know, society, sure. right? Where work more, produce more, you know? Sure. And that's the struggle a lot of uh, guys like us are, are having because we're being pushed and pulled in the world and in our spiritual faith, too. Right. I just, I think we, we all have to figure out that balance and, you know, and realize that, that, you know, we're not called to just be doers. We're called to be beers, if you will. Like, we're just called yeah. to be, right? Like, to, to be in what we're supposed to be in. And, you know, a lot of times... I look at it and I think personally, like, what if I put the same effort and in work into my vocation as I do my job, right? Like, yeah. I, I would be, how much better of a father would I be? How much more? And I look, I know there's people that work two jobs and they're working night shifts and, and you're doing the best you can to get by. I'm not knocking anybody for doing your job well or, or doing what you have to do. Right. But it's just a lot of times our identity becomes what we do instead of who we are instead of what God created us to be. And for the most, most men that they're listening to this podcast, that's husbands and fathers, you know, and a lot of these guys ask all the time, they're like, well, look, I've been Catholic all my life. What is a vocation? You know, I went to Votech school. I went to vocational school. Is that the same thing? And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, like your vocation is a different definition in, 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 in Catholicism. And basically what it is is vocation is a call from God to a distinctive state of life in which the person can reach holiness. You know, and God chooses different vocations for all right. of us, right? The people you, the, the priest that you see in your church, he chose them to have a life in the priesthood, you know, to, to have family in the parish life and to grow in that way. You know, there's three types of vocation. You have single life, married life, and religious life. And, you know, the catechism says the vocation of the laity consists in seeking the kingdom of God by engaging in temporal affairs and directing them towards God's will. What does that mean, temporal affairs? Worldly affairs. The thing that you're going about every day in your life is directing them towards God's Mm -hmm. will. What is God's will in your life if you are a married man? It's to be a good husband and a father if you were blessed with children or if you've adopted. You know, your role is to to live in that first before anything else. But so oftentimes... We, we get caught up in everything else, and that's the last thing we're really paying attention to, right? That's kind of on cruise control, right? Like, mom's got everything. She she knows the schedule. She knows where people are supposed to be. She's handling the religious stuff. You know, dinners, all that stuff she's taking care of, and I'm working. Well, if we're doing that, we're abdicating our role as the spiritual leader of our family and as the priest of our family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when guys 
asked me about this, you know, and, and like I said, we're going to spend most of this time talking about married life just because most men that are listening to this are, are in the age where they're married and, 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 and having children or have children. But the first thing we have to understand in our vocation as, um, as husband and father is that number one, we're the, we're, we're a son of the father, right? You know, a lot of times we, we forget that and we don't operate from there. And when we don't operate within our relationship with God and how that is going, then nothing else ever goes right. We've got to get that part first, you know, right first. And, you know, this has to be understood, understood, excuse me, and lived well in order for the other aspects of our vocation to go well, right? Period. I mean, just in general, when I look around and I go, man, I'm really not being a good husband and father. If I'm being honest with myself and I really take a look at it, it's because I'm not being a good son to the father either. You know, I'm not praying. I'm not reading scripture. Neglecting, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not, it, it's like trying to pull water from a well that's not being refilled by the, by the love and the spirit of God, right? Like right. it's trying to give what you don't have. So we always have to, to be living in that, that identity as a beloved son of the father. Um, you know, you have to have a relationship with God period, uh, before you can really pass on any of these things or receive and give the grace that he gives you to be a good husband and a father. And you have to understand that we're beloved. We have to embrace our role as disciples, right? So many times we, we're not doing that. We're going to church. We're you know, doing the things that we're supposed to check the box as a father, but are we really seeking to live as a disciple of Christ? Um, you know, and, and to do that, we have to have a strong and consistent prayer life, right? We, we've got to stay in that. If we're not, then we're going to lose our grip on a lot of things and we're going to stop the conversation with right. God, right? Or it's going to be a one-sided deal that you're never waiting on him to respond. So we have to grow in our in our prayer life. Um, you know, you we also need to, to, to seek to grow in our knowledge of him and the faith through scripture. You know, we need to be in the word. These are things we talk about all the time. Uh, we also need to be reading books. You know, that's what my spiritual director was telling me. He's like, not only do you need to be in the Bible, but you need to be reading other things. And it doesn't have to be like, you got to read every book Peter Kreef wrote, you know, Dr. Kreef, Kreeft. Um, you got to read the Spanish Inquisition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can go and <laughs> right. read a, a homily that St. Augustine gave, right? There's, you don't need to devour a book trying to read it in three days, right. neglecting, again, your vocation as a husband and father because you got to do your spiritual work. You know, you could you could take bites of things and, and receive gifts from that. So that was a, some great advice he gave me the other day, too. But then in virtuous friendship, too, right? We, we grow in our knowledge and our love of God because we see him in others and mm-hmm. we spend time with those others and we grow in, in knowledge of God in that way too. So that's the first thing we have to do is just always make sure that we're living as a beloved son. Living as a beloved son. Uh, so that reminds me of kind of what uh, Sister Miriam show. I hate to go back, but no, that, was, okay. that was a good show. If yeah. you haven't listened to it, listen to it, everybody. Well, that's, that's my completely plug. because of her. That's She's right. amazing. That's a plug. <laughs> But she said something about beloved. How how important it is that God loves everyone, and it's important for us to realize that. Yeah. And and that's the thing. His vocation is for you to kind of realize God's love is transferred through you as well to the people in your in your life. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you want, if you're there's conflict in your life, it's gonna probably be in your family as well. Yeah. If there's peace in your life, it's gonna be peace in your family. Sure. And that's all about like you said, vocation, focusing on your faith, focus on reading, focus on prayer developing yourself as a better person and therefore that will easily be something to transition into as a better father and a better uh, spouse yeah and that's another thing she talked about too was just coming to grips with 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 the things that you hate about yourself and the things that you don't like and the things that hurt to think about and laying those at the foot of the cross right and just in in growing in a relationship with god that way knowing that he accepts you for who you are even if you don't sometimes right like he doesn't feel the way 
that you feel about yourself, right? A lot of times we transfer that yeah, on to God. That, that was a powerful what she said. Yeah. yeah, he's always looking at you with those loving eyes. And so we have to remember that. You know, the next thing in, in your vocation um, in, in marriage and family is obviously being a husband. You know, if you've been doing the narrow road, you know that every week we, we, have, we start with the four main relationships of our life every week, one each week. And the first one's always God, right? We just started there, right? We just talked about that, getting right with God and understanding our role as a beloved son. Two, the second week, we always go to the next important relationship in our life, which is with our spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, God, that is the greatest gift that God's given us besides his oh, son man, yeah. and himself is our wives. And we are called as, you know, as soon as we choose that vocation, we're called to that for life. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's a lot of divorces because people just don't get along these days and we're selfish and people get divorced for a lot of reasons that without ever trying to reconcile, you know, some people are just one foot in and one foot out before the thing even starts. Right, yeah. But we're called to love them all of our life and to put them first. You know, I mean, we all know the, the verse and it's read, the scriptures read at a lot of marriages is that we're supposed to die for our wives the way that Christ loved the church, you know, the way that he died for the church. So we have to, we have to understand that, that it's just, there's so much that we should be grateful for in our wives and the way that we treat them matters. And it not only affects them, but our, our children, right? And it's just, our, we need to look at our lives and say, am I treating my wife as a gift? Are we just roommates? Is this, is it, is our, as our love becomes stale, right? And I'm not just talking about, you know, sexual stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about everything. Like, am I really spending the time and giving due diligence to grow that? Right? Cause you know, ideally you should have married your best friend and, and how are you growing in that relationship? You know, you look at when guys have a guy friend, you know, they're, they're not scared to go to a bar anytime and have a beer or go to a cookout or anything. That means they get to hang out with their buddy. Do we approach our, our time with our wife that way? You know, like I, this is time I get to go spend with the one that I love the most. Mm-hmm. And are we nurturing that relationship in that way through whether it's date nights or walks in the evenings or, you know, prayer time together or whatever it is. I mean, everybody's different, but are we nurturing that? Because that's going to affect the next one too. It doesn't just affect you and your wife. It affects what your children see and they witness right. and how they're going to look for a spouse or how they think marriage is supposed to be lived out. And so that's something that we always have to look uh, to look at. You know, the next one is that very thing is, is, you know, raising our children, you know, and raising them in the faith. That's what I would say. You know, when you look at living your vocation as a father, what does that mean? I mean, first of all, it means living the example that you're trying to teach, mm-hmm. you know, not being the guy that's do as I say, not as I do, you know, is, is so many, I mean, I remember hearing my dad say a bunch. message is all. Yeah, know. It's <laughs> like, you're telling me not to drink, but okay. yet you drank six beers last night, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't get it. Like you're, you're, you're not living by what you're telling me. And you know, that that's the, but that's the greatest thing we can do is raising our children in the faith and teaching them to be virtuous through our own example. You know, because children are always going to say, are they doing what they say? Or are they just tell, is there a different set of rules for me than there is them? You know, um, we have to love them more than we love ourselves and make, and we have to make sure that they understand their identities as beloved sons of, of God and daughters of God uh, too. That's what we're supposed to pass down is the faith. And I think that's some of the place we talked about earlier in the show mm-hmm. is where so many people feel that they fail. Is it they're, you know, they get them in sports, they teach them how to play whatever they played and they loved when they were younger. You know, if they're exceptional in school, they teach them to be exceptional in school. But a lot of times the last thing to really get handed off is the faith because we look at it as, well, I just paid, you know, $20,000 for them to go to Catholic school. Why didn't they not come out like an easy bake oven and, right. you know, all stuff. <laughs> know right. all of Augustine's, you know, uh, quotes and habits and all these things? Well, it's because it's on us. 
And we have to be living well in that. And if we're always focused on our job and everything else, then we're going to forget that. And we're going to be one of the people that's looking back when we're older, saying, what happened? And why aren't my kids in the faith? Um, You know, and after that is everything else, right? We have to live in that vocation first as son of God, as as, uh, husband and as, as father. And then it's everything else in our life, parish activities, men's groups, coaching sports, ministry, all of these different things that you may be doing. They're all, all, they're all of them are good things, but they have to play second fiddle to our vocation. That is what we're going to be judged on when we get to heaven is how did you, I gave you this family. What did you do with it? Right? Did you spend more time concerned about work and promotions and all those things? Or did you, were you a great steward of what I gave you? You know, so often we think about that term in money, but it's also how we handle the gifts that have been given to us in our relationships and in our family. Um, you know, it been, living well in your vocation benefits everything else because it's rightly ordered. You know, you will always struggle to find joy and peace in your life when you're putting more emphasis on things outside of your call to be a husband and father. You're always going to struggle at home. You're always going to struggle in your relationship with your kids if they don't know and believe in their own hearts that they matter more to you than anything else in your life other than God. You know, and, and my kids, I tell them that. I love you how much? Almost as much as I love God. Mm-hmm. And I tell them that and they go, hey, and I go, that's, hey, you should That's tell me the is. same thing. That's right. right. Right? That's not to hurt you. Right. I love God a lot. That means yeah. I love you almost a, a whole, whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but but that's something that we have to pass on to them. So let's talk about for a, for a minute or two, like discerning where I am with this. How do I figure this out? If I'm struggling in this, what do I need to do? Well, first of all, I'd say, where's my time spent? Am I always missing time with my family because of work or other things? Am I choosing to be busy away from the home? And if I am, look into that and ask why. Two, what am I trying to cultivate? Am I trying to cultivate worldly success or success in my home as a father and a husband? Because when your goals change, your actions change. And if your goal has been to cultivate success in work, then you need to change it over to being a father and a husband at home. Three, how are my relationships with my wife and kids? Do I have a strong relationship and knowledge of their needs and desires? Am I in constant communication with them to learn what's really going on in their life and to know, right? So many times Angela knows things about my kids that I don't. And, and I'm trying to be better about that in my life and have that same sort of relationship and that knowledge and care to know the way that she does. Um, and then where's my where's my family spiritually? Am I the spiritual leader of my family and living well in that role by taking ownership of my own spiritual practices, right? Again, we cannot give what we don't have. Right. So if we're not shoring up our relationship with God and the things that we're doing in our life, then we're going to struggle there. So there's a few things there to deal with this guy. So many of you written in have written in for a while now about this topic and just happened that God led me through my spiritual director to to get some experience with it and to be able to talk about it. So I'm glad we're able to do that. If you're a guy that wants to live better in your vocation, join the narrow road. We talked about it at the top of the show. There are men that are telling me every day that they're becoming better husbands and fathers each and every day because of the work they're doing in the narrow road. So you can join that at justaguyinthepew.com. But I hear that music, guys. Work's always going to be there, but the success is going to come in being a good husband and father and living in that vocation. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as a man, it is so easy to get caught up in our job and the demands of the world. If we aren't careful, though, we can lose sight of our role as a husband and father and fail at what is really important in life. Help us to remember that you've chosen this vocation for us so that we can lead our families and ourselves into holiness. And Father... Whenever we find ourselves being tempted to live outside our vocation, give us the wisdom to come running back to what matters most. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. 
To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>